Hi, everyone. I just wanted to give a note before this interview today. Um, this was recorded on February 14th um, in the morning before the Parkland school shooting. Um, the book itself is about a school shooting and gun violence. Um, so I want to make that clear for any listeners who might not want to hear that. Thank you. Welcome to Beaks and Geeks. I'm Amy. Today on the show is Rihanna Naven, the debut novelist of Only Child. The book traces the horrible tragedy of a school shooting told through the eyes of a six-year-old boy. Zach's older brother was one of the students killed, and the book follows his family as they try to live with their shock and grief. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Amy. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. This book is such a difficult, rough subject. Um, why did you feel like you wanted to write this novel, and why was it important to you to tell the story? You know, it, it's it was a very um, personal kind of experience that um, gave rise to this idea and, and my wish to write the story. And it involves, you know, my my children. Um, I have an 11-year-old and I have almost 8-year-old uh, twins. And when my twins started kindergarten, so they were five years old, they experienced their first lockdown drill at school. And, um, you know, they were sitting on the rug and, and learning their words and, and numbers. And uh, all of a sudden, over the loudspeaker, you know, the a voice um, speaks to them and says, lockdown. And they, you know, the teachers kind of usher them into a closet or under a desk. And, and you know, they, um, they came home that day from school telling me all about it, had a lot of questions. And that same afternoon, I found my little guy, um, Garrett, hiding underneath the, the dining room table. And, you know, I said, buddy, what are you doing under the table? And um, he said, I'm hiding from the bad guy, mama. And that was, that was a really, that went deep for me. That, that was a really kind of um, devastating experience. And um, I, I kind of started to wonder uh, what would that be like for a child his age to to live through an actual shooting at his school and and the aftermath, everything that comes afterwards in, in, in the, the family and the community? So I decided to sit down and try to explore that and write the story. Um, because it was so personal, it was stemmed from your child's own fears. It must have been unbelievably hard to engage with the subject matter. Um, what helped? How did you How did you manage that? It was It was really difficult, and it, it was um, exceptionally emotional to to write the story and to put myself put myself into that position, put my family in that position to to, to picture my own children going through uh, such a horrifying experience and picturing myself as uh, in the shoes of a mother who'd have to live through this nightmare. And um, so it was, it was really a, an emotional roller coaster to, to write the story. And, but at the same time, writing it helped um, because I, I kind of worked through my fears and I worked through my my own grief that I feel for my family, for you know the families that have have unfortunately had to, had to live through it in real life, and um, so, so and and imagining a, a path kind of towards forgiveness and, and healing helped, and 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 hugging my own children helped. <laughs> I hugged them a lot during that time. Not that I don't do on a regular day, but <laughs> keeping them close that helped. 
So I know that you drew some inspiration from your kids' own perspective. So talking with them and understanding how they experience the world, what did you learn about them and how did you use that in your book? Yeah, I did. I, I, I kind of joke around and I say I use my kids as my focus groups, <laughs> uh, my focus group, but I, I really did. I, um, I watched them very closely while I was writing Only Child and, and kind of um, looked for clues on how they process certain situations or how do they express themselves. And um, I learned to, to pay attention, really, and to, um, to, to see things through their eyes a lot more than I had before that. And I, I, um, I you know, and, and, and just very technical stuff, I really paid attention to what words do they use exactly. Um, later on, kind of in the editing process when I was working with my, my editor, you know, whenever a question came up and said, you know, when, when she asked, would a kid really say that? Would a six-year-old really say that? Um, you know, I went back to my kids, and and so I I'm German. I I try to raise my kids bilingual. So I would go to them and ask them in German, you know, how would you say something like that? And they would answer me in English, and that's how I would know um, did I find the right words or not. Zach, the main character's point of view is so nuanced, and him dealing with his emotions is is largely a solitary experience. Do you think we underestimate little kids' emotional depth? I think that, yes, I think we absolutely do. Or, you know, just speaking for myself, I think that maybe not so much underestimate, but I do tend to forget, um, you know, that life gets crazy busy and there's so much kind of distracting noise that I oftentimes forget to slow down and pay attention. And, you know, it's it's... You know, I have three kids, and we have a lot going on. And when you're trying to get everybody from A to B, and someone's having a really remote, emotional reaction to something, it's it's kind of easy to try to brush it off and say, "All right, you're being difficult or you're being dramatic." Um, whereas, you know, oftentimes they're expressing some uh, something very valid that is worth paying attention to. I think, and and when I do allow myself to slow down, I'm often just so blown away by how perceptive they are and how kind of attuned to everything that's going on around them, the, the, the feelings that they detect in, in other people. So it actually, you know, it serves me well to slow down and, and try to see it through their eyes because there's a lot to learn. And I think in terms of empathy, especially, empathy is something that seems to come very naturally to children a lot more than many adults that I know. And, you know, when they see someone is hurting or they can sense somebody is hurting, their, their initial instinct is to care and to, to worry, um, you know. So uh, paying attention is, is important. One of the ways Zach copes with his feelings is by separating them out and coloring in different pages with different colors to represent his feelings so he can kind of deal with them in a segmented way instead of feeling just all mixed up inside. Did you talk to your kids about that? I... Um I haven't spoken to them about it directly. I have since since I've since I've written it, but I I did notice how what a huge role art plays in expressing themselves and they bring home such a huge amount of artwork from school and I'm often surprised by how they choose to express themselves or what colors they they choose to use and um 
in terms of Zach, when I was writing his story, I was kind of I was thinking about how could a six-year-old who's who's kind of left to his own devices a lot because the the adults in his life are struggling to work through their own grief. What kind of resources, if you, if you want to call it that, would he gravitate towards to help himself navigate his very confusing situation? And one of the things that I um, came up with was was books and reading, and the other was art. And I this idea of the feeling pages came to me because um, I, I imagined how confusing the situation would be to him and how many different emotions would kind of um, assault him at the same time. And I, I do, I have noticed that children are very good at just openly kind of identifying this is how I feel. And they are also... Um, I think that they allow themselves to feel different emotions. They they don't kind of sweep something under the rug if they think, oh, this might not be an appropriate way to feel at this moment. So, you know, Zach has has this um, very distinct feeling of, but I'm also feeling happy in this situation. And instead of saying, I don't, in the beginning at least, instead of saying I shouldn't feel happy, he just kind of confronts that feeling and and works through it. And, and doesn't say, you know, this is, this is an inappropriate way to feel for me. This book is really, really honest about the struggles of parenting a really difficult or challenging child. Um, and Andy, who is Zach's older brother who was killed in the shooting, was somebody who had a lot of discipline problems and a lot of anger and was difficult to parent. Um, it seems like parenting and especially motherhood comes with a, a really undue amount of guilt, um, especially probably once you lose a child. Um, can you explain that that feeling a little bit? Yeah, the mom guilt. Um, uh, I'm the queen of mom guilt, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it seems that as a parent or as a mother, especially, um, that no matter no matter what you do or what you try to do for your children, there's always you always feel guilty. You know, um, uh, and like I said, I'm I'm really just very good at that. I I can I feel guilty when I'm um, home with my children, when I'm taking care of them. I feel guilty about you know, but really, shouldn't you um, be out in the world and and showing your children that you know you're passionate about something and that something's important to you? And when I'm out doing just that, then I feel guilty about not being home with my kids. So you know, there's, uh, you know, I think that for parents of my generation. Um, we have just we've created this level of expectations about what a, a mom or a parent should achieve that I don't think necessarily my parents' generation really dealt with. You know, I think they were obviously they they took great care of us. They made sure that we knew we were loved and there was food on the table. And but there was not this kind of um, superhuman expectation um, attached to parenting, kind of that we have that we have now, I think. And it's, I think that when you add into the mix a child that has disciplinary problems or, or seems unhappy or, you know, that, that adds a whole nother level of um, this expectation that you create for yourself of, of, or the sense of failure, perhaps, that you're just, you know, that you failed your child because you know, they're obviously, they're struggling or they're not, they're not happy in their lives. So that kind of reflects back on to you. 
this book deals with school shooting. And I'm wondering if you did any research or interviews with people who have experienced that sort of thing firsthand and how you approach something that is so, so painful for them. I, in terms of research that I did for my story, I mostly focused on educating myself about grief in general, um, grief in children, how it uh, manifests itself in their behavior um, and how they project it kind of outwards. I. What I wanted to do with my story was try to get into this little boy's head and follow my follow my gut instinct about how he would experience this horrifying situation, how he would navigate everything that comes afterwards. And so I tried to stay away from dealing with actual accounts of families who've who've gone through this tragedy. I didn't I didn't want to watch interviews or conduct my own interviews. I really, and I, I didn't want to have any distracting voices. I wanted to focus on the voice of my little protagonist only. So Only Child is your first book. This is your very first novel, and it's insane that that's true because it's very good and very well put together. Um, but can you talk me through a little bit about how you came to learn how to write a full book and what you learned when you were doing it? So, um, you know, I, I kind of joke around and say that I think current me or future me is always going to be jealous of the me that wrote Only Child. And I say that only because it was such a, it was such a great experience for me because I started out without any expectations. I didn't have an agenda. I had certainly didn't have an end game in mind. I didn't, I, this, was, this was really an attempt for me to work through my kind of fears and worries that come along with this subject. You know, quite honestly, when I started out, never imagined having anybody else read it. Um, never, certainly didn't imagine, you know, publishing it. And now having so many people read it and, and give me this incredible feedback. So, you know, and, and I know this is kind of a unique situation that I'm never going to be in again. There's always going to be some form of expectation moving forward. Um, but I, so I really, this idea for the story came to me and kind of uh, captivated me or swallowed me whole or however. I, I, it's hard for me to explain how it happened. It just kind of started spilling out of me and I, I, I wrote and I wrote uh, in the beginning with a with a pen in, my, in one of my kids' school notebooks, and then I decided yeah, maybe we should start typing it <laughs> instead. But um, I, you know, a little while in, about maybe a, a third of the way, I kind of paused and thought, you know what, maybe you should um, read some books about writing, or uh, <laughs> you know, join a writing group, or or something to that effect, because you really have no clue what you're doing here. Um, so I. I I found this amazing writing coach actually that's that's the way I decided to go because I'm I'm a very kind of solitary writer I found and uh, I found this amazing writing coach um she calls herself the unkind editor which is which is why I thought she'd be perfect for me because I just wanted someone to say take a look at it and say you know what go back to your know, stay at home <laughs> job or you know what there's something here keep going so she took a look and she said keep going and then really kind of helped me um, finish the story she she was just a great 
coach from all the way from you know the nitty gritty of this is what an M dash is all the way to this is how I think that you could try to restructure your life a little bit to prioritize writing and and once we had a draft that we both liked she coached me through the process of finding an agent and and um, navigating that kind of situation so she was invaluable and um, it was just from start to finish a really crazy I, I realize now unusual kind of scenario and and one that I will um, look back on kind of with jealousy um, I always like to ask people what book do you always recommend like whether it's new or old, or if somebody says, what should I read? What are you telling them to read? Wow, I don't know if I have one book that I always recommend. Um, I, it changes so often. I, I keep, you know, falling in love with, with new stories that, um, you know, recently I've, I've recommended um, A Gentleman in Moscow many times because I was just, I, I just loved his story. And um, I, I read it over the holidays where I really didn't have time to read so I loved it so much that I really just carried it around with me I just wanted to have it with me so I've recommended his book a lot of times um, you know I'm currently reading a couple of German books um, my mom was here to, to celebrate kind of my launch with me and she always makes sure that she brings the latest and greatest from Germany because it's really important to her that I keep reading in German and uh, that I keep up with um, German authors, um, which otherwise I wouldn't, and so I, I'm, I'm reading a lot of German books right now. And uh, on the train here, I read um, a book called *The Devil's Claw*. It's uh, by Lara Dearman, and it's a it's a crime novel. And it actually reminded me. I haven't read crime novels in a while, and it reminded me how much I actually love them. Um, especially, you know, hers plays um, in her um, where she grew up in, in Guernsey, the English Channel Island, which I surprisingly knew very little about, even though it's, you know, close to relatively close to where I grew up in Germany. But um, she she writes this great story about a, a young female journalist and and set in the Guernsey Islands, which I, I love kind of unusual settings like that that I can discover. So her book I'm, I'm recommending a lot right now, too. Well, Rhiannon, thank you so much for joining me and congratulations on the book. Thank you so much for having me.